Welcome to the Mission Matters Podcast, celebrating the people and initiatives that embody the Jesuit tradition of St. Louis University, celebrating what matters in the 200-year-old-plus mission that is St. Louis U, brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. Welcome back. This is Virginia Herbers in the Office of Mission and Identity, and I am thrilled to have with us today Jasmine Patel, who is the Associate Vice President and Chief of Staff for the Office of the Vice President of Research, affectionately known as the OVPR, here in DeBerg Hall on the fourth floor. So welcome, Jasmine. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Virginia. And let's just start off. Let's hear a little bit about you and your story, how you came to SLU, what your trajectory here at SLU has been. That sounds great. So I have been at SLU now for seven years, and I came in to help researchers and research at SLU grow to wonderful aspirational levels. And at that point, we didn't know what that meant yet. And so coming into SLU, there was a lot of meeting with faculty and leaders and deans and learning about the research that happens here at SLU, and then learning about what the needs are for future research here at SLU. And what what did our faculty think were some of the biggest areas of strength of SLU that made us unique compared to other institutions. And one of the things we I learned very quickly was that a lot of our SLU faculty have partnerships outside of the university and particularly in the community around us. And that's one of the areas where I saw very quickly it makes us stand out compared to other universities that sometimes have trouble to build those relationships. And I think that showed me very quickly how the ways in which the work that our SLU researchers do does tie to mission and that greater good by serving our community. Because I would think that not every university that prides itself on research necessarily aims that research toward betterment of the community around them or even in relationship with the community around them. So very good to hear you talk about SLU in ways that speak to that. Yeah, that's right. A lot of times in a project that impacts the, to the community is thought of as an outcome or kind of something that is a benefit of the project. But what we see here at SLU is that it's a part of the conception of the project. And it often involves individuals who are part of those communities who are working boots on the ground at the table, coming in early, early, early before the research has even started. And I think that's what allows it to be so impactful. So what are some of the current projects happening? Well, there's always the research. There's always so many projects going on that I always find it difficult to to pick and choose and highlight individual projects. So maybe I'll talk a little bit about the ways in which we're currently working across the campus to grow research. We have recognized that research happens not just by and kind of connected to the research office, but that it impacts and has the ability to impact lots of individuals across the campus. So for example, we have been working with the provost's office and with career services and with DICE 
on undergraduate research. Could we have a dream of every single undergraduate student has the opportunity to do a research project that's meaningful for them, regardless of what discipline they're in? And wow. just so they, they get that flavor, they're at a research university, it's not something that every student gets to experience. And so how can we start building a collaboration across the university of the people who can make that happen, right? Within our research office, we often don't work with undergraduate students. We serve the faculty, but there are other units that serve the undergraduate student population. And so how do we bring those worlds together to create programming and support for undergraduate student research? And that's been some of the really exciting work that's currently going on that I think will be game-changing for the institution. If we can weave those research opportunities into the student experience, into the staff experience, so that staff know, even if they're not working in research, that they're part of something that is research, right? And, and to be proud of that. That's some of the work that's going to be a high priority for me this year. Is there research that shows anybody else doing this? So there are places that have undergraduate research programs, and uh, Rochelle Smith, the VP of DICE, has some experience in those. Okay. And so that's really nice for her to bring that experience of having seen it done in other places, and then look at how can we implement it SLU in a way that is unique. I think that these types of collaborations across organizations, like us and undergraduate, you know, provost office with Lisa Dorsey, who oversees undergraduate work and DICE only work when you have that trust and kind of collaborative spirit already. And I think that that is something that will make this program truly special. I don't know if that exists at other places, um, but I think it's woven into how we operate here. And so hopefully that'll give it a lot of sustainability. Yeah, that's very exciting. There's a lot, been a lot of talk about SLU wanting to become a Research One school. So can you just explain a little bit about what that means, what it entails, what it would look like? Absolutely. So universities and colleges, institutions of higher education are categorized by the Carnegie Foundation. And what they do is they have categories of institutions. So SLU falls into a doctoral research category because we have doctoral programs and we do research. Within that category, there are three different buckets. The first one is the, the biggest and the highest. So that's called very high research activity. It used to be called R1. It no longer is like research one or R1, but that nomenclature has stuck because it's easier to say R1 than very high research activity. Because <laughs> then the second bucket is high research activity. Okay. That's where SLU currently is. So we're in the R2 bucket. And we recognize that we're not that far off from being in that R1 bucket. What it takes for us to be there is a few different elements. The Carnegie Foundation has, has laid these out of what those pieces are, but involves things like certainly their research expenditures, but it also involves our PhD programs. So what types of PhD programs do you have? How many students are you graduating with PhDs? And those types of things. And so if you look at that group of research one institutions and you take out, let's take out the public institutions because we're going to kind of compare ourselves to that group. There's about 40 private institutions in that group. Okay. But 
those top ones are your Harvards, your WashU's, your Yales, you know, the, the group that we probably don't, we don't really compare ourselves to. Mm-hmm. And then you look at that next 20 and there's people like Boston University and Notre Dame and Rice. And you can hear those names and you could see SLU certainly being in a pool with that group, right? Sure. And I think that's what makes it really unique is you look at how many are in that group and really there's only about 20. And to think that we're within, you know, spinning distance of being there is pretty incredible. And it's a testament to the work that's happening here and has been happening here. It just needed a little extra support. Right. And emphasis. That's right. That's exciting. Okay. So that helps. You know, it's it's hard to ask that question. You don't know where to go with that question. So that's thank right. You. And it's interesting because the Carnegie classifications, it's a classification. It's not a ranking, but right. it sort of inherently has that feeling of, of ranking, you know, because you sort of start seeing these tiers. Um, so even though it's just a classification, it just puts us in this group. And really, that's all it means. I think what it means for us on campus is how do we think about research as a part of St. Louis University. And this kind of being in that group means that we are highly research active. We really care about research. We're integrating research into campus activities. I think what it means to us really is what is the environment and the culture on campus as it relates to research. And the Carnegie can change their numbers and they can change their classifications and it can, they can, you know, it's more just a signal of we're doing the things that we would want to be doing, but it's it's not much more than that. And it's, a, it's an easy way to talk about it. Really helpful, thank you. Let's flip back to you a little bit. What about your work in the OVPR? is the most energizing or the most exciting or the thing that when somebody finally decides to ask you about it, you just go on and on about it? I usually get the most energized or excited when I see our faculty who have been working hard to get funding for their project. When they get that um, award letter or we get that they've been funded, you know, those are the things that just kind of light me up. You know, it's like Uh, all of this work is worth it. It takes so much to get a grant in, and then it takes even more to get a successful grant funded. And the work that our faculty and our researchers are doing to get there is really incredible. So it's really, really energizing when, when you see that success pay off. I also really get excited about thinking about the ways in which SLU can do this in a truly SLU way. I mean, that's kind of a a vague answer, but I'll kind of see if I can come up with some examples. I mean, the undergraduate student example, I don't think that every university that does research thinks of a goal like, can we make it so every student has an experience? And I think that that's what makes SLU unique is that we think about that student education component in regards to what are all of the things that the university has to offer that our students can learn from, can participate in, can benefit from. And, you know, I just get goosebumps when you see a student and they talk about their project and um, student symposia where they're giving presentations on their projects. Like those are also really exciting for me. Like I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's it's lighting a fire that catches okay. on. When it comes to those types of projects or the research that, that's being done, 
the way I see it intersecting with the broad mission statement of SLU is it's always for something, for the improvement, for the betterment, for the advancement. And that other centeredness that also fuels people's passions, I think is really kind of amazing. It is. It really is. I found that to be one of the unique aspects of SLU as well. When I first started and was talking to faculty, let's say I'm talking to a bench basic science researcher, and they're telling me about they work on this one particular molecule. And they'll tell me all about this molecule and how great it is and what the research they're doing and what the funding might be possible. But they will never end a conversation without also telling me what impact that will have Mm. for humanity, right? So even if they're molecule is five hops away from even being anywhere near research ready to cure a disease. Yes. No, but there is a thing there and that early science is really needed in order to answer some fundamental questions. And our researchers have in mind where that fits into the bigger picture. And I don't think all researchers think that way. Um, So it's really cool to see that with our sleep faculty. I know that they don't. (laughs) Because one of my older sisters worked at a very prestigious, and we will go unnamed here, but a very prestigious research institution in biology. And she and I got into a discussion recently. And, you know, she was asking about mission of SLU and not understanding my work because the university at at which she worked was public. And the statement she made was, well, you and I disagree on something fundamental. And that is that sometimes in her view, research is just for research sake. Study is just for study's sake. It doesn't have to have an outlying outcome. That's right. And I remember thinking, holy cow, that's just not the way we think at SLU at all. Learning is never just for learning's sake. Learning, research, all of it, education is a transformative project. So That's kind of amazing. That is amazing. That's really interesting. It's one of my favorite sayings. I think it's a Jesuit saying is, so research for what, you know? And I think that is a question that gets asked either explicitly or internally by a lot of people at SLU. Definitely. Okay. So we've talked a little bit around this, but let's put some explicit language to it. So where do you see or experience the intersection or the expression of the mission through your work or through the work of the faculty that you're working with? I have been surprised as how much I see that mission. I didn't come from a mission or a Catholic university. It's my first time working at a place that has a religious affiliation. I wasn't sure what it would mean. And you see it from the staff that you work with, right? I work with the staff who are here to support the mission and they're doing research administration. They could do that anywhere. They could do it here. They could do it down the street. They could do it any institution they wanted because every research university has research administrations. But when you see the folks who are doing it at SLU and you, you see how connected they are, to the work that their faculty are doing. So a grant operation person who's submitting a grant for a faculty member, you know, it could be a very transactional relationship, right? This is my grant, this needs to get submitted. I'm the person who submits it. But from the beginning, from my moment on campus, I saw that connectivity to the research from the people who I work with. It stems from these tiny little places like that where the staff are here to help each other. 
when somebody needs, you know, one of my colleagues, that it was hot, hot summer, the air conditioning went out. And another said, I've got a window unit you can borrow, come over and take it, right? And just to know that your work colleagues are also there for you in a way that um, I don't think you expect or see anywhere in most places. Yeah, and that's real. That's not just a byline. That's right. And you see the ways in which our staff come together for service. It's another example, you know, days of service. And you see how many people are are coming together for that and to help clean up a river or to help make meals. It puts a priority on the mission. You know, there there is priority to the mission is what kind of I see in my work. The mission is not just there and if you can align with mission great right the mission is a priority in what we do and why we do it and i see it when for example we are we have a faculty group that's reviewing a set of grants and looking at which ones should be funded or not we start seeing conversations like how do we look at how do we look at the impact that this will have? This will have a huge impact. Yeah. So now can we start thinking about impact metrics? So when we look at our research, we're not only looking at how much money did you get? How many students did you train? How many articles did you write? Did you write a book? But we can also ask, what was the impact that was had? And that's some of the work that we're doing right now, trying to kind of unpack some of the ways in which we can think about that mission component that it's already there, but how do we articulate it? And how do we, how do we kind of say, this is what we're doing from an impact perspective. Yeah. This research is really impactful. Oh, wow. I like that concept. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite quotes when it comes to Jesuit education is describing Jesuit education as a project of societal transformation. The more I think about that and the more I talk to people all around campus that's exactly what folks are doing. And it goes back to where we started this conversation. You know, it's about engagement. It's engagement of faculty to student. It's engagement of staff to faculty, administration to, to staff, student to student. It's just engagement. And then with our community partners all around. So Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Fascinating. Okay, what else needs to be said about you or what you do that hasn't been said yet? Oh, let's see. I have loved working at SLU and having a mission kind of as a part of the work that we do and having it woven in so much. Like I said, I've not been at a place like that before. So I didn't really know what it would mean. And at first I was a little trepidatious, you know, kind of Googling, like, what is a Jesuit, you know? Um, (laughs) But I've just learned so much along the way that is a different kind of learning than what you would learn, quote unquote, on the job, right? Right. And I think that is something that is difficult to quantify or difficult to articulate. I think it changes the way in which you will view the world afterwards, right? So you're, you're at SLU for a period of time, whether it's short or long, your whole career, your not whole career, I think that being here gives you that mission connection kind of is internalized. It sort of becomes a part of you. And when you're in other places or other situations, you think more about what is the impact of this or, you know, how is this good for our general society or is this doing what we would want for individuals? Right. 
start thinking about things from from just a different lens that that I think SLU has really taught me. Yeah. Once you learn something, you can't unknow it. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and knowledge, knowledge begets responsibility. So once you know and have this this sense of mission orientation and being people for and with others, it's hard not to always be that. That's right. That's right. You learn, you learn something, you can undo it. And it's a good thing, you know, and I think oftentimes you learn through your mistakes and you realize it's a bad thing. This is one of those things that's really a good thing. That's right. That's what transformation does. It's a good thing. That's right. It's a good thing. (laughs) Well, that kind of wraps up our time. Jasmine, thank you so much for being here with us. And I hope that folks will understand a little bit better about what happens up up in your office and all the good work, all the behind the scenes work you're doing. So at least from where I sit in the Office of Mission and Identity, we want to say thank you to you for all that you put into this, all the heart and soul besides the blood, sweat and tears. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but really the uh, the heart and soul of giving that you provide to make SLU a better place. So thank you for that. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. It's been a lovely conversation. And we are friendly folks up here on the fourth floor of DeBerg. So if anybody wants to know more, come and visit us. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and for all of you listening, thank you for joining us. And please continue to tune in to Mission Matters where we highlight the good work being done here in the SLU community, adding to the 500 plus year legacy of Jesuit education. Until next time, let's join together as a community, walking a pilgrim's path, following in the footsteps of St. Ignatius in our shared mission. You can engage the mission intentionally here at SLU, and you can encounter it randomly, but good luck graduating without ever touching it in some way. God bless everyone.